Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. And today is Q&A. You know we work on a four-week cycle. So uh, we're back to Q&A. I chose a, a question that I really, really love. And the question is, how do I prevent negative feelings about my intuition and tarot cards affecting my intuition? Now, this is a really, really interesting question because um, if you've read my book and if you haven't, it's in my shop on my website. It's been there for only a week. I launched my book last Thursday. So head over to www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash shop. So in my book, I talk about superstition and intuition and the fact that intuition and fear cannot live in the same space. So this question is just perfect. It was asked from me uh, during my five-day challenge in October, and I am so glad the participant asked this question because it's going to lead to an amazing conversation between you and me. So yes, your fears about intuition are going to affect your intuition. So this is probably where we need to dig in first, okay? Everyone has negative feelings about intuition. Almost everyone. I believe it's almost impossible not to have them because it's ingrained in our Western culture. Now, I am not talking about, I don't want to be Eurocentric. So I would love to hear from our uh, listeners who are from different cultural backgrounds to see if intuition has been um, belittled in their culture. But in the Western society, intuition has been belittled for a very long time. And I believe one of the reasons is religion, but also the need for society to ridicule intuition, because otherwise we are here and we could easily uncover the hidden secrets or the hidden agenda of people in power. Now, when I say people in power, it can be anyone that has a power over someone else. So it starts obviously with our government. Um, it filters down to um, you know, doctors, teachers, professionals, lawyers, accountants, anything. And I'm not coming here to put a spin of paranoia into you. But if you have been a child, and we all have been children, you will remember feeling really odd about adults because they will tell you something that didn't match what you were feeling. And this has happened to me countless of times. But it also got me into trouble, especially with my mum, but also with a lot of other adults, because I could feel something was off, but I didn't know what it was. And I was told off for not believing what the adult was telling me. And I'm going to be open about this, even though this is not an episode about my mum. My mother was narcissistic. 
I say was because we're divorced. Um, we've actually, I've actually celebrated our two-year divorce anniversary on my birthday this year. And um, she was the biggest liar I ever knew or I have ever known. I haven't met anyone who can match her in terms of lying. And one of the reasons is because she lies to herself, okay? Now, as a child, I could feel something was off. And on many, many opportunities, I felt so many of the things that she said felt completely wrong. It felt wrong when she was stabbing someone behind the back. It felt wrong when um, she was um, you know, having a, a racist rant about immigrants. It felt wrong when she was, um, you know, criticizing one of her best friends behind her back, all sorts of things. So I want to say you've probably experienced negative intuition like I have because of this awful gut feeling that we get when something feels off or wrong. And that's the way we um, receive intuition how can I say, when we're not trained around intuition, that's the default mode. And why is it the default mode? It's because we live a life full of fears. We are constantly bombarded by negativity, even uh, by marketing people uh, who think that creating fear of missing out is a good way to sell to us. But this compounds negative energy in our psyche, okay? I'm not even going to go down to talk to you about the Reiki side of thing, even though I'm a Reiki master and I understand energies very, very well. But even if it's just at the subconscious level, um, the, this usually this kind of negativity is poured into you when you're in a state of trance. That means that you're slightly relaxed and you don't have that um, barrier of the critical mind that is going to stop you from... Uh, not receiving the message so it goes straight into your subconscious and when we watch tv that's exactly what happens we're open to this um this conditioning because we're watching a box that is um getting us into that state of relaxation where we're not very critical of what happens but we don't realize that this is happening this is something i realized when i trained in clinical hypnotherapy the fact that we get into trance many, many times during the day without even knowing that we do. But because we're conscious, we don't actually acknowledge or understand what is happening. And that's how people can actually manipulate you um, or condition you. And that's also how your cultural background conditions you without you actually realizing how conditioned you are. And that's also something I'm unpacking at the moment because I'm working with an inclusion and diversity coach and I'm realizing how much I have to unpack in terms of unconscious bias. And we definitely have an unconscious bias towards our intuition. Now, let's look at the words that people usually use in association with intuition or psychic abilities. I know they're different. Um, they're different in the sense that the psychics are like the athletes of the intuitive world and they get such a bad press. But when you have one of these intuition hits or something happens that shows you that there might be something more than what the eyes can see, here is the kind of language that we use. Creepy, spooky, scary, weird, eerie. And I have been called that many, many times. 
because I have this sort of laser that I can see through people. And when I when I um, see people in person, which doesn't happen very much at the moment due to the pandemic that has affected all of us, my eyes can see through people. And that was the same as a child. And I made people incredibly uncomfortable, especially the ones that had something to hide, right? So think about Halloween that we've just gone past, you know, only a month ago, the level of spookiness that is around that. It's all around psychic gifts and witches and really basically intuition. And it's kind of strange that we're, we're creating this and that we're not questioning why, why are witches depicted the way they are when really in past times, they were the wise women. They were the women who knew how to heal. They came, the vast majority of them, from a place of love and wanting to serve. This is not an episode about witches, but we're talking about unconscious bias, okay? So there is more because most of us, until we learn how to use our intuition in a different way, until we become active in our intuition, our passive intuition is likely to be negative because it's the backdrop of our life, okay? So very often you would say, I have a bad feeling. And I'm going to give you some examples about what happened to me when I had bad feelings when I was younger, right? So in my second year of university, actually it was third year, third, between the second and the third year of university, when I was studying to be a lawyer and I was doing a translation school, um, I had, um, I had planned to go shopping uh, at La FNAC in Paris. Um, if you don't know what La FNAC is, it's in like an, a cultural institution where they sell everything to do with culture, so books, music, etc. This is this got to be one of the favorite um, shop for me in Paris because um, culture is so important to me. If I have a bit of money, I'll definitely spend it on a book rather than on a pair of shoes. So, and, and no judgment there, it's just my preference. I'm a book nerd, books have always been my friends, culture is paramount, including unpacking, um, you know, a, um, a bias in culture. So um, I had planned to go shopping at La FNAC. I was coming back from a day working in a legal department as an intern um, for a placement for the summer. And at the last moment, I completely changed my mind. I decided not to go. Uh, and that was so unlike me. I'm a very reliable person. I'm a very, you know, I don't do much um, with impulse, at least back then I never did. I was a very predictable person. And um, I just had to go home. I just couldn't help myself wanting to go home. And I almost belittled myself about it thinking, you know, why are you changing your mind? What's wrong with you? Uh, why are you, being, are you being so irrational? But I'm so glad I did because I found out literally um, a few hours later, that there had been a bomb attempt at the precise spot I was going to walk to get into the shop. The bomb was placed in a bin that was right outside the entrance and uh, ex exactly the time that I was going to walk past. Now, that was my intuition protecting me, but it was related to something incredibly negative. Of course, I saw the positive, but at the same time, I was spooked. <laughs> let's let's go back to the words i found it creepy spooky scary of course i was scared i wasn't scared by my intuition by the way i was scared by the event that i avoided but of course my hypothalamus which we're going to talk about in a minute clumped the two together and so my intuition became something negative 
because of that, I buried it deep down inside. I didn't want to remember this incident, right? A year before, I had a bad feeling about a student that joined our group of, of friends at university. I just didn't like her. And I couldn't explain why. I just didn't like her. And I didn't want to be around her. Whenever I, I was around her, I felt yucky. I had this feeling in my body that I couldn't ignore in my gut. And my friends turned on me at that point. And, you know, I'm not judging them. We have resolved our issues since. So this is not like a witch hunt. Um, but um, they accused me of being jealous of her because um, she was prettier than me. I still have to, to question that, that pretty thing because that was ridiculous. But they put it down to me being jealous. And I had been labeled as jealous by so many people in the past. And it never really resonated with me, that label. But never mind. So they all turned my the back on me. They all joined around this new, you know, wonderful new friend who was beautiful and who made them feel happy and who wanted to be the center of attention as well. Well, it turned out that three to four years later, they all came back to me and apologized, telling me that, yeah, she had been creating intrigues in the group. She had been trying to separate people from each other. She had had, um, you know, some some pretty manipulative behaviors. And and yeah, I had to wait three to four years. Again, my intuition worked against me. It didn't. But my subconscious can't read these nuances. So it was like, OK, my intuition got me in trouble again. I'm going to give you a third example from around the same time. It's a little bit further down the line. I'm a young mum of one. My boy is one year old. My husband and I go to a dinner party with friends. And when it's time to leave, I said to my husband, I don't want to go into the street alone. I had this really bad feeling in my gut. And he said, don't be ridiculous. And I was too afraid to stand up to him and create a fuss around my friends because I was such a people pleaser back then. And so I walked out the apartment of my, my friends with this horrid feeling in my gut, walked towards getting the car and was mugged. Again, it's not the intuition that was negative. It was actually here to protect me. This is a positive thing, but the consequences were negative because I didn't listen to it. But my hippocampus can't make the difference. It's here to protect me. It's governed by the amygdala, which is the fear center, which is here to keep me alive. So my intuition has been labeled over time by my hippocampus, or sorry, by, by my hippocampus that is clumping all these memories together to make sense of my life. It's created a belief that my intuition was a negative thing. And the reason why I'm sharing so many examples with you and sharing the process is so you understand that you probably have this association as well. Because I don't know many parents who raise their children in the trust of their intuition, in knowing that they have something inside of them that knows better than adults or better than other people. In fact, it's probably the opposite that still happens to this day. Parents ask their children to trust them over themselves or the teacher over themselves, or they always question if their child comes up with something that doesn't fit or that kind of throws a spanner in the works of the world but as they know it. The first instinct is probably going to be to resist their children's opinions or what they're saying because it doesn't match with the way they look at the world. 
Right. Now, the other thing I want to unpack is the fear around tarot cards. It gets better, friends, or worse, if you, if you uh, want to say. So the classic deck of cards that is used by tarot readers is called the Rider Waite card um, deck. And it's a pretty negative one if you look at the pictures. There are a couple of positive ones, but the graphics and everything is a little bit spooky. And of course, the uh, tarot readers have always been um, labeled by religion as um, devil or, or bad people, or the tarot, divination, intuition, psychic gifts have always been labeled as the work of the devil. Of course they have, because um, in a way, at least in, in, the, in the world that I live in, in, in that part of the world where I live, which is Europe, there has been huge witch hunts. And we all know about the Inquisition uh, when um, all the wise people and the people who were from a different culture, there was actually a big war between the, the um, religion of the North in France and the religion of the South. And the Church of the South was called the Church of Armour, which is the Church of Love. And the Church of the North was just called Catholicism. And it had a very dark agenda. Its, it's, um, it's agenda was to win at all costs and dominate the whole of Europe religiously, no matter what the cost, no matter, and they tortured people. How could they torture people in the name of Jesus? That still blows my mind, and that people believed it. So it was, it was a religion based on fear, <clears throat> and that energy is still in the church. It's still in a lot of religions, because sadly, the religious leaders made religion a tool for their own thirst of power and domination. So, they, of course, they were going to say that tarot people, tarot readers and psychics were the work of the devil because it is intuitive people that can see through their lies and the manipulation. Uh, and as a child, even though I'm autistic and I can't really tell when people are lying to my face or not, I could really see maybe because of the patterns and the inconsistency and the fact that I can't be conditioned socially that well, how Catholicism made me super uncomfortable. It made me feel awkward in my body because they all talked about love, but then they never really applied what love was supposed to be in the way that it should feel right. Like I'm sure you've, if you have been a Catholic or a Christian, you have seen those people who go to church every Sunday and act like they're perfect Christians. But then the moment they leave church, they are awful, judgmental, and uh, they backstab people. Um, and it happens. I'm not saying everybody who's religious is like that, but I've seen a lot of people like that. Right, then there's another layer for people who are maybe more open-minded and who'd like to explore the world of tarot, uh, the world of esotericism. The problem is, it's between one evil and the other. Not that I want to be negative, but in church, there's that darkness that is within the actual, at the center and the heart of the church, but that is hiding behind a smiley front and a, a let's love each other, Jesus loves everyone, da-da-da-da-da. So there's that dis this dichotomy or that distinction between the words and the acts. And you will see that consistently in the Catholic Church. I can talk about what I know. I know the Catholic Church inside out. Uh, my, my dad 
almost became a Catholic priest and his best friend was a Catholic priest. And we spent all Sundays talking about Catholicism and and this 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 priest was a very enlightening um, man in a way, but he didn't know how <laughs> how enlightening he was for me to listen to him and to uh, to witness what he, who he was like exactly as a priest and and um, you know how he acted really. So I'm not judging. Again, uh, I know that my dad came from a place of pure devotion, and that his intentions were pure. Uh, but sadly, the church intention weren't half as pure as he was. Right. So then if you, you know, have the courage to branch out of, of mainstream religions, traditions, you come into something that is a complete jungle out there. I need to put this, say this very, very clearly. Be very careful. Use your intuition. There are a lot of cults. I believe the Catholic Church is the biggest cult on earth, but there are also some very dangerous cults out there. All gurus, all people. And the moment people know a little bit about intuition and energy, they can manipulate you even further. So if anything ever feels off, just act on it, please. Uh, you know, my best friend was enrolled in a cult and she was so loving, so connected to God, so trusting. Um, and it didn't take long for her to be completely um, manipulated and um, brainwashed. And the thing with brainwashing is you don't realize it happens until it's too late. Uh, I'm going to give another example of um, Doreen Virtue, which you might have or not heard about. She was one of the how can I say, one of the pioneers in the new age world. And I don't like the word new age, but let's use it just to show that it's a different age from the, the Christian or traditionally um, religi traditional religion. Sorry, losing my words. So Doreen Virtue was um, a therapist uh, in, in America who started to talk about angels. Um, she started actually off talking about how to lose weight um, with the angels. Uh, looking into your trauma rather than you looking into nutrition. She then branched out and talked about uh, angel therapy. Um, she created her own decks. I have several of them and they were very, very good. She taught angel workshops. She helped um, the world really open to the angelic realm, but bypassing religion. And she was like a legend in the, the new age world. Uh, and, and, and you can pick up any of her books and there's a lot of really, really useful information that challenges um, dogma. So that is a really important thing to do. And yet about four to five years ago, and I can't, I'm not very good with dates, so I can't tell you exactly when it happened. She shifted. She became a newborn Christian and she was completely brainwashed into denying 15 years of her work and everything that she did to um, open people's eyes to the conditioning to the church and everything else so even the people who can create a complete movement for 15 years and create a complete and an amazing I mean what she leaves behind her is an amazing body of work this is what actually happened uh, helped me sorry to open to the idea of angels which for some me for something was completely unbelievable I didn't believe in angels as well I actually believed that God had abandoned me because I was going through so much hardship when I was a child. So 
what one of the things if you leave let's get back to what we were talking about if you leave the the realm of of the false security of religion um thinking that it's a place that wants your best and highest good and i could actually share a story i, I think i want to share a story about what happened in the last months of my dad uh, dad's life so he had a brain, brain tumor that affected both his speech and his balance so by the end of of we didn't know it was the end. Actually, I did. My intuition told me, but um, I didn't know exactly when he was going to die. And so um, he lived in Paris and I lived in the UK and I would go and visit him every two weeks just to make sure that I made the most of it. Thanks to my intuition and a friend of mine who backed me up and said, you're absolutely right. Because, of course, everybody else was in denial. Everybody else was going to tell me that, no, 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 your dad's OK. He's going to make it. But I knew he was dying. So anyway, I went there and I knew one of his wishes was to go to church because church had been his thing his entire life, his pillar of strength. Only he didn't see how negative it was, but it doesn't matter. It was there for him. So I pushed him in his wheelchair to go to church one more time. And I knew he was dying and I was feeling a lot of distress. And naively, I thought that maybe the church would give me some sort of support in this dire hour. Well, boy, was I wrong. Uh, we walked in and um, so I had my dad by my side. I was holding his hand. I knew it was the last time that we would be in church together. Sorry, it's making me emotional. And uh, someone approached us and I tried to tell them that my, my dad was very, very ill because they were asking, you know, how, how come we haven't seen your dad in so long? And of course, the last time he'd been in church, he was walking into the church. He wasn't in a wheelchair. And at one point when dad was praying, I, I made the mistake of going aside with an, a person from the church and tell him that my dad was dying. And they completely flipped and told me, but of course not, your dad is not dying. He's very well, he's gonna be okay. And all that um, toxic positivity, it was just awful. There was no one there to support me. And then they started acting out in the most the bizarre way. And in fact, I just wanted to go out as quickly as possible. So I tried to create around dad uh, this sort of little bubble because he was happy. He was completely blissfully ignorant of what was happening in that church. And then I took him out and it made his day. He was absolutely beaming that he could have gone to church one more time because nobody else was going to take him to church. My mom wasn't going to do it. My, my sister hadn't done it. My brother hadn't done it. I don't know why, because I knew it was so important to him. Anyway, it's not to blame them. They had their own reasons. But what I realized as well, and this is something that happened when I visited a church um, on another occasion, um, the day before my dad's funeral. And I, I share a lot of this story in my memoir. So if you wanna look at my memoir and see if you might, if you might be interested, it's also in my shop, my brand new shop. It's called My Father Who Art in Heaven. Anyway, I spent a, a, a little bit of time in that church waiting for my cousin on the, a couple of days before my dad's funeral because I knew I wasn't going to be able to attend the funeral um, due to the fact that my, my mother's brother, who molested me when I was 12, was going to be there. And so I asked my cousin, who I deeply um, love, to read uh, a text from me in my absence. 
So uh, we were going to meet in Montparnasse and I was waiting outside the church and I thought, well, I'm just going to go in for a minute because I wanted to create a sacred space for the funeral energetically. Again, I share all of this in my memoir. Anyway, so I get in and I listen to the sermon from the, the priest for five minutes. And within five minutes, my body started to ache. The words that they were saying were charged with so much negativity and guilt tripping. It was just almost unbearable. And yeah, I had to come out. I had to come out. So we're seeing that the religious background is not that good. Um, with regards to your intuition but if you go out there in the big wide world it's just as i'm gonna say creepy or unsafe because there are i i, I say to my student actually because i used to teach reiki as a reiki master and i say to them and, I, and my intuition student i say the same it's a jungle out there and this is why i realized this week actually i hate the word spiritual because it's charged and people who call themselves spiritual, very often, like it's only a, a very, very small minority uh, who are not, but they very often um, have a savior mentality and, and cover up their shit and pretend to be better than they are. Sorry, I said it. I just had to let it out because of all the experience I've had in this world. So beware. You know, I don't think the religious, I mean, if you're religious and you're happy with it and you found a church that, you know, suits your, your needs, that's wonderful. But if you they tell you your intuition is wrong, then just I wish that this would ring an alarm bell for you. Okay. So suppose that you uh, were adventurous like me, as fierce free spirit, and you wanted to find something that can um, nourish your desire and your thirst for spirituality outside of the religious framework. Now I've dabbed myself into esoterics for quite a bit and that was a fascinating uh, world that I explored, um, you know, with people doing seances and Yuji board. I always felt it was wrong to use a Yuji board. My intuition screamed at me never to touch one. I am so grateful to my intuition because, and it's true, if you open yourself energetically to let's say the invisible world, but you haven't done the work on yourself to create some boundaries and some protection, you can attract some, let's say mischievous entities to yourself. Now this can feel very, very, very scary and we're going far beyond the world of intuition. Yet it is important that you understand these things. And of course, um, people are gonna tell you that you're diving into superstition and superstition interestingly is also the, the in the very first chapter of my book not my the book about my memoir uh, i mean about my dad not my memoir but my my brand new book which i launched last week called the intuitive revolution in business so chapter one talks about intuition versus superstition so i really encourage you to go and read that you don't actually have to buy my book to do that you can just download the first three chapters and I will make sure that I put the link um, for you to be able to do, to do that. Now, I need to tell you that this is going to sign you up for my newsletter, which you can inscribe from at any time. But you will also be able to take my, my quiz to find out if your intuition uh, is strong enough to make decisions in your business. Okay. 
So um, the problem with tarot readers and psychics and everything is that they have always been ridiculed and there's always some horror stories about them as well. And I wanna share a story that happened to me when very naively at the start of my journey as a Reiki healer and a tarot reader, so I was a professional tarot reader for 10 to 15 years. Um, and I used to have a part of my house that was dedicated to my practice. So I did an open day in my village and someone came to see me. Well, there was a couple of girls that turned up. One of the ladies who I'm going to call Jenny uh, told me this story of when she was 18 years old and her best friend wanted to go and see a psychic. So she dragged her along and Jenny was quite reluctant to go, but her friends was very vocal and they were best friends. So she went along. Now the psychic told her friend that she couldn't see any future, that she was sorry she couldn't read for her. She had no future. Of course, um, Jenny and her friend were a bit spooked by that. And um, what happened is her friend died in a car accident that same night. That you, can you imagine how traumatic that is? Can you imagine how this would create an incredibly negative association between intuition, tarot readers, and, and the general public? And this has probably happened to some of you or some people that you know, because sadly, psychics are not usually trained in psychology. They don't usually um, understand the things that I'm going to explain to you in a minute, okay? Because I'm going to share with you the three steps that you can take so that your fear about intuition does not impact your intuition, okay? But I'm going to share one more anecdote with you, which I might have shared before, but I'm sorry. I feel that repetition is good for you so that you can connect the dots. We are working against a huge bias here around intuition, not just in business, in general. Um, and I, I know for a fact my, my intuition as a mother has served me so well, but has also attracted to me a lot of flack, a lot of adjectives like irrational, um, anxious mom, uh, and people trying to placate me when actually I was completely right. And the same people who tried to placate me never came back to say sorry when what I said actually happened in the end, when I was right. People are very, very quick to cover up uh, when they have discarded someone's intuition and the intuition of that person turned out to be right and they were wrong, but they try to backpedal and justify themselves because nobody likes to be put in um, a position where they have to apologize. Anyway, the last anecdote I wanted to share today, just to show you how negative intuition is looked upon in the world and psychic gifts as well. And that's why I actually have this huge reluctance to call myself a psychic. Some people should, might say to me, well, that's one more reason to call yourself that. No, I don't have to do anything I don't wanna do. And I know someone who I absolutely admire, who calls herself the business psychic. And she is on a mission to, um, to clear the negative connotations of the word psychic. And kudos to her, you know, I'm really, really happy she's doing it. This is not my mission, right? My mission is to put intuition on the school curriculum all the way from primary school to the top universities. We have different missions. I admire and honor hers, and I hope and I hope she uh, admires and honors mine. So the last story I wanted to share before I give you actually something to change this is um, 
it explains a little bit my fascination with um, psychic abilities. It's that my grandmother was a natural psychic and medium. And, but when I was about a teenage, she had a very negative experience with her psychic gifts where she foresaw the death of the husband of a friend of my grandfather. And it wasn't her husband, it was the grandfather on the other side, on my dad's side. I only had one grandmother alive when I was a kid, which was my mum's mum. And so she shut everything down. She refused to talk about it. She refused to do any more readings with the tarot cards that she had. And she left me without a mentor. Mind you, she would have been a pretty poor one. <laughs> Sorry, mummy. But she taught me a lot by what she did and didn't do. And what I saw is that she, because she was not actually trained properly as a psychic, she had just been spotted by another psychic who gave her a deck of cards, which is what happened back then. You were chosen. You had the gift which is also why we have this um, unhelpful and untrue belief that intuition is a gift that some people have that are chosen by other gifted people, but that not everybody has intuition. This is just plain rubbish. We are all intuitive. Okay. So, but yes, there are people who are more gifted in intuition than others. These are called psychics. I call them the athletes of the intuition world. And these people are sometimes recognized by other athletes. However, the training in this respect lacks a lot. I believe that every psychic should first be trained in psychology in counseling and um, and even to a certain extent, hypnotherapy, uh, so that they would uh, be more mindful of what they say and also to have that filter. But let's that's actually anticipating into the three steps I'm going to give you. So let's dive into the three steps because um, for all the negatives, I want to turn it into a positive and let you know that there's something you can do about this. You don't have to be the slave of your fear around intuition, nor a slave to the fear that other people have around intuition around you. So, Step number one, you can set your intention for your intuition. And pretty much I've mentioned this before, but it's so important, it's worth repeating, okay? I have set my intuition intent to be timely, useful, helpful, inspiring, and uplifting, okay? Even if it's regarding something difficult or negative. And this, the intuition, the setting of your intention for your intuition is something that we do on day one of my five-day challenge, my five-day signature challenge. So if you want to sign up for it, go to my website on the homepage. You should have, um, if you scroll down, you will find um, an opportunity to sign up for the five-day challenge. Step number two is to start to gather positive evidence and stories of when your intuition led you to positive experiences, okay? It's very, very important because at the moment, your hippocampus has been gathering evidence of how your intuition is a bad thing, okay? Even if it's a positive thing, it will have coated it in negativity because it might be related to a negative event or you might have suffered negative consequences for not agreeing with the status quo, okay? It's the typical, I had a bad feeling and 
and then it happened, okay? And I wanna talk about how beliefs are built and how phobias are built, um, because that's something I learned in the clinical hypnotherapy, which has been instrumental in me, learning about how the mind works and understanding these cluster of thoughts, right? These beliefs that are built around experiences that your hippocampus clumps together. And then the amygdala makes sure that once the belief is there, you don't even go near the danger because it's here to protect you. So let's talk about spiders. I've never had a very good relationship with insects. Uh, when I was little, I was allergic to insect bites. Uh, they would very often um, create uh, like huge uh, red, um, how could I say, circles on my body that were really hard and hot and, and painful. Like most people get a mosquito bite that looks like... Um, how can I say, like maybe a fourth, if not a tenth of, of the size of a nail. For me, it was it was the size of, how can I re, um, compare it to something? Um, the size of um, a tennis ball. So uh, kind of scary. So my, my uh, hippocampus was trying to protect me against insects. So I always, when I saw an insect, I would step back, even with spiders. I've just always felt creepy around spiders. And everybody, including my parents, were always telling me, you know, what a sissy I was, how this and that and the other. But here's what happened. I had this fear already. And then my brother, uh, being a little brother like everybody else, influenced by a friend of his who was a very bad influence, I need to say. I'm not sure my brother would have done it of his own accord, but he was with his friends, got carried away. And his friends asked him to put his favorite plastic spider in a matchbox uh, knowing that I would light a cigarette because I smoked back then. And I was, we were away on a weekend with my best friend, my brother and his best friend, who were much younger than us, but we were 18, my friend and I, and my brother would have been uh, 16. So here we were, us six in my, my parents' house in Normandy, and I was about to light up a cigarette because I smoked. And when I opened the matchbox, here was this, this plaque, what I thought was my brother's plastic spider. What it wasn't, it was a spider that looks exactly like the one that my, my brother had on his wall, except I saw the legs move and I absolutely screamed the house down. It was the most frightening event and it solidified my fear of spiders to the point where it became a phobia. And interestingly enough, um, I did get bitten by a spider at my boyfriend's house a couple of years later and had the first anaphoretic shock, I think that's what it's called, where I was covered in big blobs of, of red um, patches all over my body. And um, I had to be taken in an emergency to take some medicine against the uh, allergic reaction to the, to the spider bite. So I can show you how strong your amygdala and your hippocampus can turn something that's fairly mundane because where I live in Europe, uh, spiders are fairly small and innocuous, but the mind can create a whole scenario around it. And my brother's best friend was a contributor <laughs> in um, solidifying my fear of spider in my hippocampus. I can see all this now, back then I couldn't. And I'm much better with spiders nowadays, but I just still can't touch them. It's just not something I can do. Anyway. Let's continue to point number three. So I'm gonna recap in a minute, but point number three is have a mantra around your intuition 
to sort of recondition your mind around the fact that your intuition is a positive thing, right? So my, the mantra I'm going to suggest, but please make it your own and write exactly what feels right for you. Because if the words don't resonate with you, it, your mantra is not going to work. Right. And I'm going to talk about how to create a mantra as well, because there's an art in doing that. But I would suggest to say my intuition always brings me wonderful guidance and opportunities. Now, how to create a mantra is you have to use your own words and you have to start from the place of that fear and that negative belief and changing only just slightly enough that it doesn't feel like it's not true, because your truth is probably that your intuition is creepy. And that has always got you into trouble. So that's my belief personally. So if I say my intuition always brings me wonderful guidance and opportunities, it feels good to me now. But back then, before I started my journey of intuition, probably it wouldn't have felt that right. So you want to use some words um, that are going to soften that negative belief. So suppose my belief was my intuition always gets me into trouble. I could change it to say just my intuition sometimes gets me out of trouble. It's not a complete change of the belief, but it's kind of turning it around enough that your mind can actually start to believe that new belief, if that makes sense. So I'm going to leave you with, with this for today. I hope it's been helpful. If you have any questions around intuition or business in general or the link between the two, or if you started reading my book and you have questions about what I wrote in my book, please reach out to me. Um, the best way to reach me is through, through social media. You can message me on my profile, Ange de Lumière on Facebook. That's where I'm the most active. I'm also on LinkedIn. Again, Ange de Lumière, A-N-G-E, new word, D-E, new word, L-U-M-I-E-R-E. You can also join my free group called the Intuitive Revolution in Business, uh, for Brilliant Entrepreneurs, sorry. Intuition Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you again next week with the last part of my EPIC framework. So we've won we went through the three first three legs of the EPIC framework, which are energy, prosperity, intuition. And next week, we're going to do uh, clarity, courage and confidence, which is super important on your journey of using your intuition in business and in the rest of your life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you sign up for my five-day challenge. I hope you sign up for my newsletter so you can do the quiz and I'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs, and go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.